everyone, I'm Meg. And I'm Ray. And, and this, this is the Yo Philly Podcast. A podcast where we break down the qualities and curiosities that make Philadelphia unique. Join us each week as we explore the city of brotherly love's culture, history, and traditions. Thanks for listening. Yo, Philly. Yo, Ray. Yo, Meg. What's going on? Wait, I can guess. Nothing. Nothing. Welcome to the Yo, Philly podcast. This is season one, episode one, titled The Gang Gets Quarantined. And as you can probably guess, we're going to be talking a bit about our experiences in uh, the age of the COVID-19 pandemic, Um, but we're also going to be introducing to you, our new listeners, uh, what the Yo Philly podcast is all about. Uh, Yeah, we are not native Philadelphians, if you can't already tell, if our accents or demeanor give us away, Uh, but I never knew I had an accent until I moved to Philadelphia. Go figure. Well, everyone has an accent, right? And everyone's got to be from somewhere. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, And we are from upstate New York. So definitely, definitely a different, uh, different area than what Philly is. Different lifestyle altogether. Yeah. And and how long have we been uh, here in Philadelphia now? Uh, It's it's about four and a half years coming up on five years already. Yeah. Yeah. We should have did this podcast sooner, probably. Probably. (laughs) Uh, So at the Yo Philly podcast, we're going to be covering um, a variety of unique uh, offerings that we've experienced from Philadelphia culture, whether that's um, unique traditions, history, sports, music, art. If it's Philly and it's interesting, there's a good chance we're going to talk about it. And, And I'm sorry, I just need to interject the food. Let's be real. I'm absolutely going to talk about food. How did I forget the food? I don't know. It's really upsetting because food is probably my number one. Not really, but a, but a close second. Now I'm hungry. I know, me too. It's lunchtime. Um, and we'll also say off the bat that this episode is not going to be exactly typical for what we imagine the Yo Philly podcast to be. Uh, we think it's important that we give this a little bit of context and give you guys a chance to get to know us a little better. And uh, with that being said, if you want to reach out sometime after uh, you've gotten a chance to take this episode in, um, we'll provide instructions for how you can do that, either through email or through our social media pages. And I think it might be good to tell the listeners what brought us to Philadelphia. Jobs. I mean... Go where the work is, for sure. Go Go where the work is. Go where the opportunities are. Not that I don't love our hometowns. I do. Shout out to upstate New York, Finger Lakes, Syracuse area. Woohoo. But yeah, there's not always a lot going on up there. So when it came time to it, we really needed to go where the jobs were. I just get into a bigger market. Uh, so I'm, I'm originally from Syracuse and uh, it's kind of your, your classic Rust Belt city. And there's plenty to love about it. But as a, an emerging professional, it was a little tough to find the right opportunities there. And really, we're only about a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour drive. uh, Five-hour, if we are going at the speed that Ray likes to go on the interstate. Uh, A solid 40 miles an hour. Yeah, I'll I'll get... Six hours. I'll get us there from A to B safely, and that is my my MO when driving. Yes. um, It's also to see... Win the competition of who is the slowest on the interstate, but... Neither here nor there. Yeah. 
we're not too far away. And coming at it from more of a sports perspective, there are these interesting connections that Philadelphia has to Syracuse that I observed growing up. Uh, For example, when I was in high school, I used to go watch Donovan McNabb uh, play quarterback for Syracuse University. And of course, he was eventually drafted by the Eagles in 1999. McNabb led the Eagles to Super Bowl 39, uh, but we will not talk about the outcome of that game. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, And another interesting one, uh, believe it or not, the Philadelphia 76ers franchise was originally the Syracuse Nationals. That's right. And that was uh, for almost two decades. The Syracuse Nationals were established in 1946. And, of course, they moved to Philadelphia in uh, 1963. And at the time, slightly before that, Philadelphia's team was the Philadelphia Warriors and was an entirely different franchise. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Yeah. I knew about the Syracuse Nationals going to Philly, but I didn't know there was a different team in Philly. Yeah, and uh, why that's noteworthy is because from the Philadelphia Warriors to the Philadelphia 76ers went legendary center Wilt Chamberlain. Ah, I know that name. I don't know sports, but I know that's a, that's a name. Yeah, but nevertheless, there, there are these interesting little connections between Syracuse and Philadelphia that I found appealing. Um, and of course, there's, you know, in addition to opportunities... For jobs, uh, these kind of fun sports connections for me, uh, there are some really great benefits to Philadelphia. It's obviously a, a huge city, but it's got this great like neighborhoody, small town vibe. Surprisingly, and there's just so much to do. There, there is. There's a lot to do. Um, I'm from the Finger Lakes, so you know people go missing in the Finger Lakes. Any Office fans, you might get that. It's very off-the-cuff reference. No, they, people do go missing in the Finger Lakes. People can go missing in the Finger Lakes. Really great place to grow up. Love the nature. Love the lake, obviously. Uh, shout out Cuyahoga Lake. But again, I was a little more apprehensive moving to a large city. I knew it was something we needed to do, but was dramatically different from where I grew up and my lifestyle. Even when I lived in Syracuse, I thought that was overwhelming at times. So I was in for a bit of a rough uh, start here in Philadelphia and took me took me a while to learn to love the city. And I love that it has a neighborhood feel. I love the different different areas in Philadelphia and it's it's really grown on me and the connections we've made here. We've got a we've got a little Philly family, I feel like. Yeah, and part of that family is our what we believe to be Philadelphia born and bred Shih Tzu named Moose, um, who was apparently found wandering the streets of of Philadelphia before she was snatched up by the pound and then found her way to Paws. They're a great organization if you're looking to adopt. And, you know, once we met Moose, we knew it was meant to be. Um, So that is our, what we mean by Philadelphia family. Yes, we've we've got our... Our little rescue pup who's snoozing on the bed behind us here while we record this. <laughs> you know, I, I think uh, many listeners will probably be aware of this, but, um, you know, we've referenced the kind of small town feel of Philadelphia, but it is the sixth largest city in the United States uh, behind Phoenix, Houston, Chicago, L.A., and New York City with 1.58 million people, which 
you know, even as I say that, I'm I'm kind of amazed by it because you you're just not quite aware of that living here. I I mean I can be sometimes. <laughs> I I am when I I come from a town where there are more cows than people, so I feel the one and a half million people. I feel it a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, and you know Syracuse is certainly not quite country compared to where where you're from in the Finger Lakes but uh you know it is it is suburban and and smaller scale and much more spread out so we definitely did both jump up in terms of density but you a lot more so than I did yes I I, about every six months I uh I just want to see a cow that's all a field a cornfield any kind of field soybeans I mean I'll take anything just a field would be nice but no, uh, in all honesty, I, I've really grown to love Philadelphia and everything going on in it. And it's definitely been a lifestyle adjustment, but knowing that there's so much to do, so much history here, um, the architecture, the art, I love the arts here. It's its incredible. Music, food, festivals, there's so much to do, so much to learn. And that's really kind of, you know, why we're why we're doing this. Uh, Not only because we're quarantined and we're bored, but because I think it's, uh, it's worth exploring everything that Philly has to offer. Yeah. And, and to some extent, you know, with us being shut in the way we are, um, we're missing a lot of things about Philadelphia that we normally, we normally have. And, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll be kind of reliving those things and re-exploring them uh, as the city hopefully begins to reopen in the not too distant future, but so much of that is uncertain right now. And I guess in closing out the segment, if you have any questions for Meg and I uh, about our backgrounds, or if you want to get in touch with us with in some way, you know, definitely reach out uh, to either our email or our various social media pages. And uh, likewise, if you have suggestions for topics that you'd like us to cover in the future. Uh, definitely let us know through one of those uh, channels as well. And with that being said, maybe we should take a break. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a break. Okay, we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you're enjoying the Yo Philly podcast, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Alrighty, and we're back. So obviously we've all been feeling the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, We're all pretty much stuck at home in one form or another, and people are going through a lot of of tough times. It's been really nice to see some good stories come out of this, even in the darkest of times, and people banding together. And I think it's something we've really appreciated about Philadelphia. It's been nice to see neighbors really looking out for each other and the community pulled together in different ways. Just taking a look at some of the stats, and we won't we won't focus on this too much, but just to get a sense of where we are today, which obviously is going to change by the time tomorrow happens, change by a week from now when this episode comes out. But as of today, May 10th, the latest reports we have here in Philadelphia it's about 18,000 cases of COVID-19 and almost 900 deaths. 
So Pennsylvania is one of the seven states in the nation that has over 40,000 cases of COVID-19, along with California, Illinois, Michigan, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and obviously New York, which has really been hit hard, particularly in the city. And as for us, um, we've been fortunate enough to be able to work from home, and we are probably on, what, day 60 of working from home and, and kind of hunkering down? Yeah, I've, I've almost lost count at this point, but 60 is, is probably pretty close and probably uh, closer to 70 by the time uh, this gets to you guys. You know, and hearing you talk about um, how this has impacted the city as a whole, you know, I can't help but think that Philadelphia in general as this uh, as a, a broader identity, if you come after one of us, we all kind of band <laughs> together. And I, I sort of think of uh, the invention of the Flyers mascot Gritty yeah, sort of comes yeah. to mind where when he was first unveiled to the world, it was kind of confusing for all of us. And I, then only following a barrage of outside criticism, Philadelphia under one voice just kind of unified and said, Gritty's ours and don't come after us. There it is. So we we look they look out for each other. I say we talking like again, I know I'm not from Philly, but I feel like we're part of Philly. So I think I can use we. Yeah, or at least give us points for trying. At least give us points for trying. We we know. We get it. We get the irony of talking about Philadelphia from the perspective of two upstate New Yorkers. I get it. And and part of this idea of, of banding together uh, and this, this sense of camaraderie um, that we've, we've really seen uh, in the age of COVID-19 here in Philadelphia, it's led to some interesting questions uh, about the nature of our relationship to home. What is home? Uh, for for us, uh, home is upstate New York. It's you know our family's still there, and also our home you know in recent years is Philadelphia. We we feel like we are at this point Philadelphians. It, this is our home. We we love it. We take pride in it, and you know. But we're also forced to stay at home. Uh, we're not really allowed to go out the way we used to. So we're almost, you know, being forced to stay at home in a way that makes us feel captive in some way. And we're seeing a lot more of home than we ever have really in our entire lives. And it's also at the point where we don't have the freedoms we used to. So our relationship to our homes has, has changed. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me uh, over the, the past week uh, was a, an interesting article in Philadelphia Magazine, Philly Mag. I'm sure you're aware of it, but if not, definitely check it out. It's a, it's a great publication. Uh, we certainly enjoy getting it and flipping through it each month. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. And uh, there's a really interesting piece in there called We Stayed Home, What Happens When a City Shelters in Place, uh, authored by Sandy Hingston. And it's this really interesting think piece about how the nature of, of home is, is really changing and, you know, and how in, in some ways it's actually been reinforced and, and strengthened. Uh, and it's accompanied by a great series of photos uh, by photographer Andrea Cipriani Mecki. 
uh, apologies if I pronounce the name wrong. Her Instagram handle is at family underscore at underscore a underscore distance. Family at a distance, all underscores. Go there and follow her. You will not regret it. And there are these these wonderful photos and stills of, of families at home and making you think about how the nature of home is, is kind of evolving in other ways, how it's being reinforced and strengthened. And I would highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, it's it's really, really moving piece. And the photographs are incredible. It's been really nice to kind of take a glimpse into how other Philadelphians are dealing with this, living with this, um, still finding ways to celebrate. Oh, yeah, at home. Absolutely. And and another thing that's, you know, important to be constantly mindful of is that you know, we're, we're separate. We're going through this rather independently with our own little circles, but we're all going through this together. And that's an important thing to keep in mind that, you know, you're, we aren't alone in this struggle. Uh, we are, we are going through this together. Yeah. I think during this time, it's really important to remember the good things, the positive things. And another shout out to Philly Mag here. We love you guys. Uh, but to editor, Caroline Cunningham, she put together a great list, 50 different things, 50 different really positive things that have come out of this in the Philadelphia region from local celebrities and organizations donating, giving back to people in need at this time to rainbows uh, hanging up in all of the different homes across Philadelphia for a rainbow scavenger hunt. I have loved seeing the rainbows the kids have drawn and put up in their homes while we take the dog on a walk or just try to stretch our legs during the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's it's interesting, you know, how that plays out in different ways. Sometimes it's chalk on the sidewalk. Uh, sometimes it's an interesting, um, we saw a whole collage of uh, post-it notes on someone's window today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, you know, that comprised the entire rainbow uh, across a couple windows. And I'm sure you guys know exactly what we're talking about. It's everywhere. And it, it is a kind of symbol of hope uh, as we kind of wander around and uh, on these uh, Philadelphia streets that are normally populated with lots of activity and are now um, kind of kind of muted quiet. and desolate. Yeah, quiet. Just yeah, silent, empty. Then, you know, we've got Pat's King of Steaks donating a thousand cheesesteaks to medical workers in the city, which is, you know, pretty baller. Hey, they got to eat, too. They're working hard. They need a yeah. full, full meal. I, they I need know all the meals we can give them. Honestly, people sewing masks and donating them to medical workers or people who can't find or afford masks. That's been incredible. I know that there have been... Other local organizations donating time, resources, energy. Local distilleries making hand sanitizer instead of alcohol. Which, I mean, well, from alcohol. But, like, instead of alcohol that we would drink, alcohol we put on our hands to kill germs. Yeah, don't drink the hand sanitizer. Don't drink hand sanitizer. Please, don't do it. But, yeah, it's a great pick-me-up list from Philly Mag. Shout out to Caroline. Awesome work. Love you. I know her. It's fine. <laughs> I get really excited because she's awesome. Absolutely. And uh, another kind of interesting uh, tie-in from my line of work. Uh, so I work as an architect here in Philadelphia and a lot of uh, 3D printing technology that we a lot of firms utilize in the city have been repurposed uh, to creating face shields and guards, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, during these times, especially these times, uh, we really need to hunt the good. And there's a lot of good to find if you look for it. 
And uh, so just try to stay positive as much as you can. And uh, thank you, Caroline, for helping us find the positive in these times. Absolutely. And just another plug here. If you're somebody who is in need, somebody who's looking to find ways to help, there are tons of resources available. Um, So I definitely recommend reaching out and looking for those. The Philadelphia Citizen has put together a great list of different ways to help those in need, different resources for people to find help. We're definitely going to link to that in the show notes. And their article lists a bunch of different ways to help the elderly, the homeless, the food insecure, how to donate personal protective equipment if you have that, and even mental health resources if you're really struggling during this time. So a couple of initiatives I do want to give shout outs to, and again, we will be sure to include links in our show notes. Easter Outreach, they've put together a network of volunteers to help prepare, package, and deliver meals to people in need, particularly in our elderly communities. So they have a bunch of shift opportunities available on their website, forphilly.com, and you can donate money there too to help out. Another really cool initiative that is supporting small businesses in our area is Leave Philly Alone. It's started by the graphic design firm and tattoo company, True Hand Society. They've designed these t-shirts and $10 from every t-shirt sale, you can actually pick which local business you want to support with that. So again, you can check them out at leavephillyalone.com. And uh, if you have any other suggestions about other uh, resources people should look at, uh, definitely send them our way and we'd be happy to circulate them on our platform. You know, and all this stuff is, uh, you know, really inspiring to see. It's got us thinking a lot about things that existed in our pre-COVID lives. And uh, I think when we come back from our next break, uh, we're going to focus a little on what might change for the better and what are some things that we actually don't miss. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you want to get in touch with us and stay up to date with all the latest podcast news, future episodes, and other updates, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at YoPhillyPod or email us at YoPhillyPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, we're back. So life has definitely changed dramatically for all of us. And we're trying to trying to keep it positive. So maybe in kind of a funny way, but uh, what are the things you don't miss? What are the things that, you know, all right, we're staying at home, we're stuck inside. Maybe it's not all that bad. No, yeah. And uh, thinking about it, you know, I've, I've talked a lot with people about things they miss, uh, things like going to restaurants, sporting events, uh, and other things that require large attendance and close proximity to other people. We miss all those things. Target. I miss Target. I miss Target. Shout out Target. (laughs) Target for no reason. I'll tell you what, I don't miss waiting for Meg to be done in Target. That should be on your list. And uh, we are actually going to break down the top five things we don't miss. So with that being said, I I know Target's not on your list, but uh, can you start us off with your number five? You want my fifth? So my the we're gonna work five to one. Five to one, yeah. I I think let's let's build it up. Okay. Generate some excitement. Suspense. So, so five being you don't miss it. Number one being I really 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 don't miss. This. Got it. Okay, let's do Sorry. it. Sorry. All right. So number five for you. 
commuting. Ooh. Now, I say that uh, as a person who really enjoys riding my bike. Uh, I have uh, all of a 15-minute bike ride commute during normal circumstances to work in Center City. Uh, But I will say, in spite of that, sometimes I am up against road rage. I'm up against the weather. And sometimes uh, when I can't ride my bike, I'm forced to ride the L. And I got nothing against the L in concept. But, you know, even before COVID, I was still really, really nervous about touching the grab bars and, you know, I mean... I have not been on the L at all since the pandemic. And, you know, I, I certainly don't miss commuting one bit. Yeah, it's understandable. The passengers can be sometimes less than respectful. But yeah. shout out to SEPTA for continuing to operate. Shout out to everybody working at SEPTA for making that happen. All the essential workers who need to rely on that, SEPTA being essential way to go yeah thank you thank you all septa and all essential workers um you know this is just more a general commentary on commuting yeah it's it's regardless of the pandemic i won't won't lie all right what's your number four number four is being late Ooh, good one now i say that uh because since commuting time is now zero i really am never late for things anymore however there isn't much (laughs) <laughs> there's not to much be to late be late to <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know like even when i'm getting ready for work in the morning you know i just have to go downstairs and fire up my computer and i'm good to go and you know there something ha- has been really freeing about you know the scheduling of of things in my life at this point um where you know that like there's a lot more emphasis on what's going on at home and just the ability to to be more flexible from home in in various obligations, and you know, there's a lot less stress in that. To be honest, I'm not not always like worrying about you know hustling to get to the next next thing going on and trying to hustle my way through the city. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of relaxing in a way. Yeah, I mean, again, there's not a lot to be late for, but work. Definitely isn't one of those things anymore, for better or worse. All right, number three. Number three is paying for lunch. I mean, come on, I've been telling you this forever. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I always like the idea of me making a nice, well-rounded lunch in the morning and bringing it into work and, you know, saving money that way or bringing it leftovers from last, last night's dinner, but I never do that. I'm never good at keeping up with that. And I always wind up paying, you know, 10 to 12 bucks per lunch. And it really stacks up quick, I got to say. And, well, you know, things have been financially strained at times. Saving money on not buying lunch has been just amazing. I I, I hope I can get that adjustment permanent in my life uh, because, man, I'm paying for it with lunch. Yeah. Let's save that for nice dinners out. Take me out on a date. Don't spend it on your lunch, man. Come on. There's no such thing as a free lunch, my friend. Eh. Anyway. What's your number two? My number two is staying out late. Oh, amen to that. (laughs) Uh, It's almost not allowed at all now. I mean, it's one of those things, I think, the longer we go with this, 
the more I do kind of want just one night out, one night, one late night. But I've never been a fan of late nights. No, you know, uh, as far as the, you know, going out nightlife is concerned, I've never really been too big on it. I'm more of a couple beers on the porch kind of guy. Uh, you know, a nice, nice porch rocker. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's like a Adirondack a, chair upstate, oh. <laughs> upstate. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, maybe a couple of good quality beers, uh, you know, and peeling back the curtain a little bit. Um, sometimes Meg and I have had to invent ways of getting out of going out because, uh, we're just not in the mood for it and it's never really easy to break <laughs> to our friends. Uh, so, uh, there was one time where, uh, everyone has, was kind of done in one particular area and it was already past midnight, I think. And they were getting ready to go to another area and they were organizing Uber oh, rides yeah. And we told everyone we were going to take our own Uber. And and we just uh, we just stayed where we were. We weren't going to another part of town. We uh, we went to Vintage Wine Bar on 13th Street, actually. We just got a glass there and went home after. Just wound down and we told them the Uber never showed up. Yeah, sorry. So if you were uh, a friend group as part of that story, apologies. We never made it on purpose. So, yeah. Staying out late is my number two. Yeah. I I mean, breweries, bars, I'm here for you for a solid afternoon drink. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm not one for the late nights. Exactly. Can't hang with that crowd anymore. Well, and the whole next day is shot, too. Yeah. It, getting old. This is what happens. <laughs> All right. What is your number one thing you do not miss? Number one, working overtime at the office. Ooh, good one. Now, this probably ties in a little, again, to our what we're talking about being at home, but uh, I do need to work overtime a fair amount, and when I'm stuck at the office doing that, and I look around at you know majority of the office that's gotten to go home and be with their families, and it's just a, a painful reminder that I'm, I'm missing home. And, you know, um, I still had to work a fair amount of overtime from home during this quarantine period, but... It's it doesn't take as much of a toll on me. Yeah, no, it's it's nice because we can at least have dinner together. Oh yeah, you know I can at least be in the same room, not disrupting you, but just being around you is nice. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Meg, now that I've given you all the answers, <laughs> do you want to give the audience your top five? Sure. All right. It's not too similar to mine, is it? Uh, a couple. A couple overlap-ish. Okay. Because we're both old souls. But okay. So my number five has to be, I do not miss putting on makeup or doing my hair. I do not miss this. Now, there are some times Zoom calls have bombarded everybody's lives. So the Zoom calls you know you got to turn your camera on for. Sure. All right. I'll put in the effort. I'll put in the effort for those. However, regular basis, I do not miss having to spend half an hour every morning putting on makeup, making sure my hair looks good. You know, I've got to interact with clients in my day to day life, but I really have not missed this. My skin is breathing a sigh of relief. My hair is like, thank you. Thank you. So I really don't miss it. That's interesting because I'd kill for a haircut right now. I mean, 
as soon as this is over, I'm booking a salon appointment. I've tried actually several times to book appointments. And now every time the stay at home order gets pushed back, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to push back my hair appointment because my hair needs to get done. My Mm. hair needs some love, but it's just, it's, it's okay taking a break from the chaos I put it through on a day-to-day basis. Gotcha. So you're, you're more not missing the kind of daily grind of getting done up. Exactly. I don't miss, you know, trying to put on my mascara and, and being late for the trolley because of it. Mm, Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how about your number four? Very much in the similar vein of you um, not wanting to stay out late, canceling plans. I don't miss having to cancel plans. Now, we're all guilty of this. You've made a plan. You are going to go to some event or whatever, and you've just had a rough day at the office, and you're like, I just need to go home and just chill. Mm-hmm. Right? And you cancel that plan. You are all guilty of it. I am not alone in this, okay? However, I hate the dreaded building up to, oh goodness, I have to cancel this plan with a friend or coworker or whomever. It's never fun to have to do. So I don't miss the act of like, oh, um, so I really just need to go home and not be around people for a little bit. I got to cancel this plan with you. Don't don't lie. You've all done it. Everybody has. <laughs> yeah, I were I were, we're coming off a little antisocial. I it sounds it, right? It sounds like that. <laughs> I I miss my friends dearly. I miss hanging out with people. I will be there. I will not cancel plans for at least a month after we emerge from this. Maybe after that we'll have to reevaluate, but we've all had those days. And then I just, I just hate doing it. I hate canceling a plan. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to really overcommit at times. Oh, I, I don't know how many times I've overcommitted and have forgotten about other plans and then have to cancel plans because it's like, oh, I forgot that I have to take my dog to the groomer tonight, actually. So I can't go to happy hour with you or I have a dentist appointment. I can't do that now. Yeah. Yeah. And now I haven't committed to a, a, a plan and... In a couple months, really. Yeah. No commitments, because there's nothing to do. <laughs> okay, you're number three. My number three, wow, we are. I'm really coming off as antisocial in this whole thing. But I would have to say my number three is uh, distractions or interruptions at work. One nice thing about working from home is that you don't have those just unwanted disruptions popping up. Sometimes you do. It depends on how often you're checking your email or getting, you know, the emergency call from a boss. We've had that happen. But I can really hunker down and do my work if I need to. And on the flip side, I think everybody's guilty of causing some type of interruption. So you can can be social in the office, right? So you mean more... Like if you really just got to hunker down and get something done. Yeah. I, if, if I, if there's like a big deadline coming up or something I really need to get done, I'm, I'm not tempted to go talk to anybody and distract myself or I'm getting any other interruptions. Oh yeah. And you know, it, it's funny. It kind of comes to mind. Uh, we, we've recently started watching the show, what we do in the shadows oh, yeah, yeah. and we love the idea 
or the concept of the energy vampire. If you haven't watched this show, it's it's a great little binge, (laughs) Uh, especially when we're all probably streaming more than we ever have. Uh, But these energy vampires, same concept as a regular vampire, but instead of uh, draining blood from one's neck, uh, they trap them in these really long and boring conversations (laughs) and drain your energy that way. Listen. I am not calling any of my coworkers no. energy vampires. No, I didn't either. I'm just saying they're out there. They're they are out there. It's true. We all probably know one. Yeah, it's that's that's solid. But uh, yeah, we'd also like to say d- during this time, especially, it's probably difficult for all all energy vampires out there who are listening. Um, hopefully, we'll be back in social situations <laughs> soon, where you can continue to drain our life force. I disapprove of that statement. What do you mean? Just shouldn't call people energy vampires. Well, it's not like they chose to become energy vampires. They were probably turned. Okay. Anyway, anyway, anyway. (laughs) Moving on. All right. Number two. What is your number two on your list of things you don't miss? My number two, like your number five, is this idea of commuting or transit can be harsh yes it is nice not to have to spend the time for that i am somebody who is notoriously late i have about 12 different apps on my phone to predict when my buses are coming and i am late regardless of how many alarms or alerts or notifications i set i am the crazy person running down gerard avenue screaming after the trolley or the bus yeah i think they knew to look for you after a certain point that they probably did because I am that person and it is, I have nobody to be mad at except myself. So I don't miss making a fool of myself. Yeah. And, and it's funny, Meg's commute um, is a kind of a hodgepodge. And at times it, it can be this planes, trains and automobiles set up uh, to really get, you know, under two miles, really. Right. Yeah. It's kind of pathetic. And I, <laughs> I am a country girl at heart. So the idea of like, Biking through the city with a ton of traffic horrifies me, so I won't bike. If I do miss the bus, I will tough it out and walk some of my commute, but um, I don't mind that. Depends on where I am, but yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay. And here it is, the moment you've all been waiting for. Meg's number one thing she does not miss Um, from pre-quarantine life. Pants. Pants? Pants. Okay. Pants? Let me let me just clear this up by saying I am wearing pants right now. Pants. 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 Structured pants. Now, pants with a button, a zipper, a clasp that have structure that I cannot, you know. Listen, leggings have been my jam during this quarantine. Okay? No awareness of my waistline whatsoever and how big it is. And I I don't even want to think about it. But if I don't have to put on jeans, professional pants, any, any, no. Why would I do that to myself? Well, now hearing you talk about pants, there's actually something sort of interesting where, where we're all in these like Zoom or video conferences quite often. Yeah. And now you got me thinking, what's going on below the belt there? Are other people... I mean, we've seen the videos. Taking liberties with their pants? So they yeah. must be, right? Yeah, they are. But <laughs> just don't stand up. Turn the video off before you need to stand up. But listen, people. Athletic leggings, 
leisure leggings, no buttons, no zipper, no problem in my book. So what you're saying is that, you know, as as society begins to reemerge and rebuild, you're hoping for a society in which pants are optional. Post pants society. We're going post pants. Wear something on the bottom, but I'm just saying no restrictive pants. Why? No, never again. Never again. All right, everyone. So that's our list. Uh, But we'd love to hear from you. Uh, What are some things uh, from pre-COVID life that you've actually kind of enjoyed living without? Um, Maybe something that's positively impacted your life or made you a little happier or a little less stressed. Um, We'd love to hear from you uh, on any of our social media pages or at our email. And so with that being said, uh, I think it's time for another break. Yep. All right. We'll be back. Okay. See you soon. Hi, everyone. If you're enjoying the Yo Philly podcast, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. What are we doing now? Jean? Let's talk about Jean. Now listen. Or is it Jean? Jean. Jean. See, I'm a J person. J. But I think that's wrong. This is where us not being native Philadelphians is really going to stick out, like painfully so. Okay, so then I guess, yeah, tell us, is it je, like Jean or John? Ja, ja or ja? I'm too much of a je. Well, in in workshopping this podcast, we definitely wanted to let you guys know that we are very much still adapting to Philadelphia culture, even though we've been here for a few years now. And we would like to, one, educate ourselves and also ask for help with some of these things. So this segment is tentatively called Jean of the Week. And in order to first understand what that means, we need to dive into Jean. I think it's John. John? I think it's John. John. So I'm looking it up on Merriam-Webster. Like like John with a W in there. Like John. John. Yeah. What does Merriam-Webster have to say? A lot, actually. This is this is like a full deep dive into what this word is, how it came about, what it means. There's several definitions. It's it's really just kind of a catch-all noun for single things, a collection of things, a situation, a person. It can really be kind of a placeholder for anything. Anything. So like thing, really. Or stuff. Thing or stuff. It can be singular or plural. Yeah. Or you, that person. Can you use it in a sentence? Let's see. There's some Twitter examples here. My last iPhone going to be the 10. I'm going to keep that, John, until it breaks down. Hmm. You know, there's, there's okay. an example. Okay, I, I think I get it. Are there any other examples? Ones that I would feel very, very silly saying out loud. Ah. But basically, according to Merriam-Webster, it, it really kind of comes from the word joint, From New York City. Oh, like I've been to that joint. I've been to that joint. I like that joint. That's a good joint, you know. Where'd you get that joint? Yeah. And, you know, joint being like two two bones meeting, right? Like a meeting place. You know, you refer to joint and it really kind of meant a place where there's criminal activity going on or... Yeah, and I've actually... I'm seeing here, and I think Google is borrowing from uh, the English Oxford Dictionary, but it seems to have sort of migrated over from joint, they're claiming, in the 1990s. Yes. This is a relatively recent phenomenon. Well, which is yeah. Which kind of an exciting linguistic development, I guess. 
And even a little bit before that, 20th century hip hop played a role. You know, your hip hop rap joint, they uh, quote Rapper's Delight, actually, 1979, the Sugar Hill Gang. Of course. And when the sucker MCs try to prove a point, we're the treacherous trio, we're the serious joint. Mm. And then, then you kind of, I guess it looks like linguists have recordings of this from the 1970s, this using joint, and then you've got the Philly accent, you know, kind of turns into John. There you go. There it is. And I'm sure we'll, at a later date, explore what exactly is going on with the Philadelphia accent. But we're going to need some time to think about that. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's and, tough. And then I'm also, it's just been very weird. But I can't do you know, a Philly You sort accent. of know it when you hear it. Yeah. But you can't quite put your finger on that John. That John. So there, there we go. The first of, of many Johns of the week is John itself. And we'll tweet out some bio if you want to learn more about the history of the word John. Yeah. I really have a real tendency to try to soften that J. So if you know, if you yeah, have a firm opinion about it one way or the other, we'd love to us. hear from you. Or if you have some other interesting insights about uh, the word John, we would, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, because the J thing, I'm pretty sure is wrong. And I keep calling it Jean, and I'm pretty sure it's not. John. Was this the article that you were referencing? Some John about John? Yeah. John about John. Interesting. Yeah. So John, forgive me five minutes before saying John. I'm saying it wrong. I mean, but you again, tell us. I'm new here. Well, it sounds like John's one of those things that you really can't get wrong. That's what I sort of like about it. You might get John wrong. Just more the pronunciation, the usage. Yeah. I feel like can apply to anything, but I'm more concerned about my pronunciation. I think I think from this point forward, I'm going to try to do it, John. But I'm really going to try to draw out that W John. until someone tells me otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I'm wondering if Google can help us with this. Well, yeah. Let's. What does Google say? John. 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 See, I'm wrong. John. John. All right, we got it. No more. No more. John. John. Okay. That's enough. <laughs> All right. That's it for this week's John of the week. Mm. Okay. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Uh, nope. Nothing on my end. All right. Cool. Me either. So I guess we'll just wrap things up. So again, this episode really isn't the typical format for what we envisioned the show being, but there was no way we couldn't talk about the 500 pound gorilla in the room that being COVID-19. And we just wanted to get a little chance to introduce ourselves too. So again, we're going to link everything we talked about in our show notes. So be sure to check that out for more details on the different articles and resources we mentioned. And we also want to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out to us on our social channels and emails. Uh, if there are topics you want us to explore or any feedback you have from this episode, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, any any comments, criticisms, uh, recommendations, uh, we'd love to hear it all the same. And uh, thank you so much uh, for tuning in to the first ever episode of the Yo Philly podcast. And look out for our second episode dropping one week from today. Yeah, so thanks. We will talk to you next week. Later, Philly.
The Yo Philly Podcast is an original production of MSOVA Studios. Be sure to follow at Yo Philly Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all the latest podcast news and developments. You can also email the show directly at yophillypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.